Welcome to episode 153 of the All the Book Show. Has it really been 153 episodes? Yeah. Where does the time go? The time goes where we record it. In real at, time. At the David A. Howe Public Library. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, you were introing. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Right. I was just trying to tell people that we talk book news. Yes. Author news. We sure do. Literary news. Yep. And sometimes author interviews. That's right. Uh, would, would today be one of those sometimes? Eric? It is if I'm Eric Mickles. And I'm Nick Gunning. Which means it is. That's right. There we go. So <laughs> uh, as our listeners uh, know, we're in the midst of the summer reading program. And the Woo! theme this year is Libraries Rock, which is yeah. a very 90s theme, I think. You think so? I do. More than uh, 80s? Hmm. Mm. Tough call. Tough call. The thing is, did Libraries Rock change the world? Hmm. And know. is Libraries Rock dead? I see, right. Long live Libraries uh, Rock! Yes, I get it. Thank you. Uh, so it is So it is a music theme. So all of our book clubs have been mm-hmm. music theme, including the Y for Adult Book Club, uh, which is Nick and Dora's Infinite Playlist by Rachel Cohn and David Levithan. So we reached out to Rachel Cohn. Eric sat down and did a nice interview with her, which you're going to hear a little bit later. Yeah, so I did that interview. Exciting times. Yes, you yeah, did. Crazy. Yes, you did. That was your first one-on-one. I've done a couple yeah. by myself. That was the first time that you... I mean, I was here. I was present, mm. giving you moral support, giving you a nice back rub while you were talking. Were you? Yeah, I couldn't uh, remember. No, I was just walking around listening. Oh, okay. I thought it was just such a good like shoulder rub that I wasn't even aware you it was happening. Totally, yep. yep. So. Uh, so anyway, that's what we're going to be doing a little yeah. bit later. And right now, yeah. uh, boy, boy, is there a lot. Uh, if it you, may be Libraries Rock, could be. but I love it. Yeah. Okay, keep going. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's only Libraries Rock. So we've we've done mm. a lot of podcasting because we've done a couple of special so interviews much. outside yeah. of our regular recording time. I can't hear anything outside of headphones now. That's Unless it. I'm being monitored wow. by my own headphones, yeah. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Last Monday, after we recorded the regular episode, we went to the fair and we did a special episode, an off-the-books episode, where we reviewed uh, Ant-Man. That Ant Man yeah, and the Wasp. Yeah, Nick Nick and reached for his Michael Douglas. Uh, it's a limited edition. A limited edition pop figure. Michael Douglas from Ant Man and the Wasp. Hank Pym uh, without yeah. the helmet. Yeah. See, everywhere has the helmet, but you had to go to yeah. Hot Topic to get this one. He loves those. To things. that end, if anyone finds the Michelle Pfeiffer without the helmet uh-huh. available only at Target, yeah, I want. Yeah, I want it. So in our special off the books episode, uh, we reviewed Ant Man and the Wasp, and we yeah. ranked the other Marvel movies. So you yeah. can find that at SoundCloud.com. Yeah, it was a books. messy conversation but we got there and we're well, still friends i'm i'm yes yeah, yeah. that's true it, it was some tense yeah. moments the fun thing about it too was that i mm. mean we were at an active fair booth so we were constantly yeah. stopping and chatting with people and yeah. taking pictures and stuff uh and then we had to go right back into it right. so it was a lot of editing on eric's part yeah, yeah. this time around. well uh, yeah that was the first podcast i've listened to from beginning to end in its entirety oh. and i'm like man we still say ah a lot <laughs> so it's it's yeah. cute it's a hallmark you think so you think me going ah maybe, maybe. So again, if you're if you're a Twitch a viewer home. or if you're an Angelica radio station listener, you Angelica missed that episode. Radio. So go and uh, mm, go and find you it. You gotta go find it on SoundCloud or iTunes. All the books. It does go straight to the iTunes or the iTunes. Yeah. That's true. If you subscribe on iTunes, you'll find yeah. it there too. And hey, while you're there, reve- reve? rate and review. Yeah. No, I get I'm it. Sorry. Give us a great reve. I'm sorry. It's like it's you know French what? review. I've been busy. Okay. I've been straight up. All busy. right. So Here when I when I make a mess of my sentences, it's yeah. just because I'm a nut. Yeah. But when you do, it's because you're just so busy. Exactly. You're so overworked. Thank you for backing me up. Oh, that. darn it. Um. So oh, there it is. I did it. I did the um that you were just talking about. Oh no. So that's a live. I got to edit that edit now. That yeah. Out, great. Awesome. So we're gonna be chatting with Rachel Cohn a little bit later. Right now, mm-hmm. let's dive into those bookmarks. The bookmarks. Let's do it. Okay. 
I will say that my wife listened to our special off the books episode and I got her in a Marvel mood. So we started rewatching the Marvel movies just from the beginning. Okay. Uh, in something that's going to surprise no one, mm-hmm. the original Iron Man holds up. Yep. It doesn't good. surprise anybody. Uh, the Incredible Hulk, also a very strong movie. I like it. I think it's worth a rewatch. Hey, you know what? What? I like Hulk. As yeah, well. I know you do. No, I know the, you do. Hulk the movie. Yeah, the yeah. and incredible. I, I just like the Hulk. I understand. So you put him in a movie, and I'm having a good time. Yeah. So yeah, I think both of those movies are worth a rewatch. Yeah. The original Hulk <gasps> and the Incredible. Wait, Hulk. Wait, you just want to watch Hulk? I'll do it. You want to watch 2003's Hulk with yeah, me? I will. All two and a half hours. Anytime. It's two hours and twenty Give me minutes. A call. I'll be there. Hulk's in about it for maybe forty. Mm, okay. <laughs> All right. No, but I'll still do it. Yeah. Uh, very strong. I'm. Yeah. I love Ed Norton almost as much as he does, and the movie, <laughs> the movie, <laughs> was very good. Great. Poor Ed Norton. Uh, and then we watched wow. Iron Man two, and folks. That doesn't hold up. It is a stinker. Yeah. It is a stinker. And you watched it on the anniversary of a Facebook status that <laughs> yes, you wrote. Not even on purpose, yeah. but uh, six years ago to the day yeah. we watched it, I was like, yeah. you know, it's an okay action movie. Mm-hmm. I, You know, on rewatch, again, I'm, I'm flip-flopping back to my original view of that movie stinks. Yeah. It's very long. Mm-hmm. There's some good stuff in it. Right. Tony Stark's got some cool dialogue. Anything mm-hmm. with Gary Shandling is fun. Right. Uh that's pretty much it. Though. All right. That's not a good movie. I knew Iron Man 2 was bad about halfway through Iron Man 2 in the theaters. So yeah. I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't good. Yeah. And I I took I took crap for saying that. Yeah. Like out leaving the theaters. I'm like, oh, that wasn't people that wasn't good. And people are like, you how do you do that? You get excited about something and then you give it a bad review. I was I'm a like, little I remember being like a little heartbroken about yeah, that movie because yeah. the first one is so great. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to be watching all of them, and I will yeah. report our status as we go along. Yeah. Hey, my mom listens to this podcast. Oh, hi there, um, Eric's mom. Do you want to say anything? She stole my Thor DVD. Thor related. She stole my Thor DVD. <laughs> Eric promised me a Thor DVD when he got the Blu-ray, uh-huh. and I keep being like, hey, we'll bring that Thor DVD, and then he forgets. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, hey, hey, we're ready to watch Thor, and he was like, I gave it to my mom. Sorry, man. It's pretty rude. You're welcome, mom. It's pretty rude. Sorry, Nick. And inconsiderate. No, I hope she enjoys it. <laughs> yeah. Lisa, I hope you enjoy Thor. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. All right. So get to your books. Books. I sure will. Okay. So um, I've been reading Firestarter. I put that aside because I had, to, I had to do a few things here. So I read in its entirety, uh, Wendy Corsi Stobbs, Little Girl Lost. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking. Oh, is that all you have to say about Firestarter? No, I'll come back to it. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hey, hey, Nick, uh, I'm a big fan of <laughs> why, Wendy Corsi Stobbs. Why is everyone talking to you like they're uh, part of the monkeys? I don't know. Uh, I'm a big fan of Wendy Corsi Stobbs. Uh-huh. I love her books. I, I haven't read this one. I haven't even seen it. As far as I know, it's not even available. Well, you'd be right. Is that? Because oh. this is an advanced preview copy of Little Girl Lost. So this is the first of mm-hmm. a proposed trilogy. Uh, it takes did, they, did they say yes? Who? The, the proposed trilogy. The pro- <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. I'm sorry. That was worth I'm sorry, it. everybody. It was worth it. I thought it was. Uh, so it is a, it's a historical, half of it is set in the 60s, half of it is set in the 80s, follows a serial killer, and you're sort of getting it from um, the, the survivors of mm-hmm. these crimes and then like the initial investigation mm-hmm. stuff. So uh, it, it bounces back and forth. It's a pretty intricate plot, and the way things all kind of, you know, you, you read about something happening in the 60s and then something happens in the 80s and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. So it's it's cool the way it all ties together. This is only book one. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye out for books two and three. This will be available July 24th. So probably by the time you're listening, July 24th is here and you can read it. Woo! Uh, and this is going to be 
the focus of her talk on August 2nd. So nice. she'll be here August 2nd. Uh, you can bring any of her books you want and she'll sign them. Ooh. We're partnering with a, with a bookstore out of East Aurora called The Bookworm, which I'm a fan of. My wife and I like to go to that store. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're coming down. They're going to have books, uh, several different copies <laughs> right. of um, different, different of her works for sale. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I read this. I read it quickly. It's an exciting book. Mm-hmm. Check it out. You need to read without rhythm as to not attract the bookworm. Is that a... That's a Dune reference. A Dune it te- reference. Technically, it's wow. also a uh, Fatboy Slim reference. Oh, okay. So that song, The Weapons of Choice, where he's like, you can go with this or okay. you can go with that. Well, with I Christopher Walken? I wasn't referencing either of those. All right. Well... Uh, then I also read another... This was this was a quick read, and I actually I really liked it. This was based on your recommendation, my friend. I read Exit West by Mohsin Hamid. So this is... Uh, yeah, this surprised me. Now, this is vaguely... I mean, is this... It feels like sci-fi to me. Does Did it? Did you get that vibe? Yeah, that's that was the point. Yeah. That's how okay. I got into it because right. whenever we read descriptions of it, they were talking about how they find doors yeah. to able to just travel around. Yeah. I was like, okay. I guess like I, I missed that. Mm-hmm. So I picked it up and I didn't really realize you that. You forgot. So for and the it, first half, you thought it was just a story yeah. about people living in a in a pretty yeah, tough situation. Yeah, just kind of falling okay. apart, you know. Uh, and as it gradually, you start to be like, huh. Huh, you know, uh, and then then there is a thing where like they go through a doorway, right? And, you know, there's different there's different things that happen. I thought that this uh, wholly succeeded in doing something that the yeah. Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead oh was setting up. Look at to you do. throwing Colson Whitehead back under and the bus. Honestly, <laughs> I I never think that the case is made in the Underground Railroad. Right. I don't think that that. Mm-hmm. Block contrivance. I don't think it works mm-hmm. in the Underground Railroad. I think it works beautifully in Exit West. Cool. Um, the story is good. It's very quick. Um, but what struck me most about it was just I thought the writing was uh, beautiful. And I know that that sounds a little mushy. Right. But you, you know what I'm talking about? Do you remember? Yeah. No, I remember the writing got on my got on my last nerve. Oh, you a few did. Ta- like, You're right oh. because it was very run on sentency. Yeah. I. I, I think I remember complaining about that on the podcast okay. and like doing descriptions of it um, and like, and this is just one sentence, but I can get, I, it is very poetic. I just thought some of the... It's poetry. I don't know. Some, some of the ways he describes situations, a lot of it's the, the relationship between the, the two protagonists, the way he describes the, the I don't want to give anything away, but the, the ongoing nature of their relationship, right. the changes in their yeah. relationship, the way he relates those things, mm-hmm. um, he, he just... Uh, it's hard to explain. He right. just says a lot mm-hmm. in, in a very simple phrase, and right. it's just very like rich and deep. And right. I, I was all in for this book. Yeah. So I, I'm I recommend this highly. This is Exit West by Mohsin Hamid. I know we have it in the collection yeah. here. Uh, and, and but you did like it. I remember you. Liked I did it. like it. Yeah. Uh, I liked the first half more than the second half. But well, sure. I that's fair. I thought that actually it made a lot of sense because I thought the book became a little aimless yeah. in the second half. Oh, okay. But so I thought I that was. That. But I thought it was also kind of pointing out maybe how their lives become aimless oh, once yeah. they're once they're not really in control yeah. of uh where they can go and everything yeah. um you're kind of impatient along with them yeah well you have yes i think what you're describing is the first half the characters are driving the story right you're following their right. journey mm-hmm. the second half they're being dragged along right with something else yeah and so they they cease to be yeah. The ones making the yeah, action. they're not so, the uh, yes. the agents of their own I fate. Yes, exactly. I understand so. what you're saying. Thank you. Uh, definitely two thumbs up for Exit West. Ooh. Uh, so I had put Firestarter down for a while. All right, we're back to Firestarter. And I come back to Firestarter. All right. Uh, and as you recall, a few weeks ago when I talked about this, um, I don't know. I just wasn't really feeling it. It's just a little slow, <laughs> and you know, I'm not loving it. 
I feel like we've sort of gotten to a point now where it's better. Like it's it's moving it's moving at a better pace. The characters are in a more settled state, so it feels less like prologue-y right. in maybe the first hundred pages or so. Mm-hmm. So I'm enjoying it a lot more now, and I, I hope that now that we're in uh, a more meatier section of the story, right. it'll drive right up. Yeah. Now, th- I've just come across like a plot trope that I that I actually r- I really like, uh-huh. uh, and that's when the you pe- have two characters uh-huh. on the run, uh-huh. hiding, and they come across you know some old country right folks sure. who are just hip to it right you know what i mean they're like come on we'll yeah. hide you yeah you don't need to explain that's we a totally trope you enjoy you. yes okay I that's do. why you like code uh x-men origins wolverine ring x-men Origins yeah. Wolverine. i knew you were going to does somebody put a jacket on drew barrymore yeah, is like it fits you <laughs> well <laughs> actually somebody does put a jacket on, no! on the, the charlie <laughs> character but do you, you don't like that? You don't like that when that happens uh i mean you're always dooming the kindly well, couple sure. to take them in yeah. So happened That's in true. Logan, yeah. So it's a it's a Wolverine trope at this point, yeah. I guess it is, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that is it's familiar. But I thought it worked. I, that just happened in, in mm-hmm. Firestarter, and I thought it worked really well. Sure, so I actually really like that. Uh, next, I picked up our uh, uh, which which book club is this? This is Patron Picks. Yeah, it's, it's your book club. Yeah, I know. So if you're not familiar with the Patron Picks book club. Uh, once a month, we we draw a, a book title just out of a hat, yeah. and whatever it is, that's our book club book. So this month was uh, chosen by Jude Rysick. Hey, Jude. And the book is Blue Heaven by CJ Box. No, I think that's almost Blue Heaven. That's another song lyric? Uh, yeah. Are these all tattoo West, ideas for no. you? Different West, West Virginia? Okay. Mountain Mama? Yeah. You, you don't know Country Roads? Yeah. Oh, okay. He says Blue you're, Heaven. You're just leaving me out to drown I, in the ocean I'm without s- a life preserve. Okay. So. <laughs> anyway. Go on. Talk about almost heaven. CJ, but it's it's Blue Heaven. Yeah. But, uh, Do you C- think heaven is blue? Off topic. Probably parts of it. <laughs> okay, sure. sure. Blue's a very calming color, so it makes sense. Yeah. Greens and blues. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> blue Heaven by CJ Box. Yeah. This is not one of his Joe Pickett books. So that's CJ Box primary series. Oh, okay. And that's mostly what his output is in the Joe Pickett series. Right. This is about uh, a small town in Idaho mm-hmm. where uh, big city cops go to retire. So it's their blue heaven. Oh. Get it? What was that cop show that was blue? Blue Bloods. And yeah. it's still going. And Tom Selleck's not happy that you so- talked about it in past Sorry, tense. Tommy. Tommy he, Selleck. And he doesn't like that you called him Tommy. You can call Donnie Wahlberg Donnie, but don't call Tom All Selleck right. Tommy. All right. Anyway. It's good so far. Okay. Kids witness a murder. Oh, and no. they're on the lamb. Yeah. So a kindly old couple. No, not mm-hmm. really. That, <laughs> uh, this is for the Page Turner Book Club, though, so I hope you can join us yeah. for that. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's it for me. Do you like that trope? Because Superman is basically that trope. Yeah, I guess so. The yeah. cancer are just... Yeah, he's whole... like, yeah, we get it. He's an no, alien, I don't man. Know. We're just, hip to it. <laughs> it's just one of those things where, like, you can't just be like, oh, what an interesting development sure. because it's so common. All right. But... I like it. All it's right. a good like respite for the characters. Right. I also want to mention that I finished the CBS series Superior Donuts. Now, okay. Now we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. This is based on the play by Tracy Letts, who wrote August Osage County. Among oh other things. yes. Um, and the show. Okay, it's a CBS show, so it's one of those ones where like it's not super clever jokes like an Arrested Development, right. the first three seasons, and nope. often Sorry. you can. Uh, you know, you kind of see the jokes coming a mile away. Right. But I felt like the the concepts that they were uh, addressing on, on a CBS show like uh-huh. that were really worthwhile to explore. Mm. And I thought that it was just, I don't know, I the the characters particularly. So this stars um, 
Oh, what is his name? You know, he's from Taxi and Independence Day and... Christopher Lloyd. No. Danny DeVito. Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch. All right. Okay. Judd Hirsch plays the proprietor <laughs> of Superior Jonas. And his, Judge Hirsch. And Jermaine Fowler is, is the Bill actor Coleman. who plays Franco, who's the, who's the, the uh-huh. employee that he has. Okay. Their relationship is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show just, like, clicked, and I think it clicked a little too late. Oh. But if you haven't watched yeah. it, I think it's definitely worth a watch. The first season's available on DVD, and you can find it online and stuff. But Got we it. just watched the um, season two which ended up being the series finale. And I just really like the show, and I'm really going to miss it. So I want to give it a shout-out. See you later, shout Superior out Donuts. Superior Donuts. You never... You're, you're going to the Blue Heaven Bakery in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Flawless. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I thought so, too. Yeah. All right. All right, what about you? What that's have you it? been reading? Yeah, that's wow. it. Did you want me to kind talk about a slow week else? for you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sorry. All right, no, it's fine. All right. Um, I read Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, oh, the book. We should maybe uh, talk to Rachel Cohn about that. Yes, we should. Talk to her maybe, later. I don't know, maybe if we can arrange something a little later. Okay. Um. I don't. I have a hard time reading about teenagers, yeah. especially when every little thing is the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. I'm just kind of over all that. Yeah. So I'm sure, like a teenager, I'm sure as a teenager, I probably would have liked it. Yeah. Um. As an adult now, it's hard for me to pick. I don't think this was a, a young adult book. You know how a lot of YA is written with also the idea that adults are going to read it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist was written in that way. I think okay. it was written for teens. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. And to be fair, it came out before the big YA boom yeah. and everything. So I think it was being written specifically for teens, and I think it does a good job of that. And mm-hmm. I think me not liking it is maybe proof that she did a really good job. They both did, uh, David Levithan and Rachel Cohn. I think it's proof they did a really good job of writing believable teenagers mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, teenagers. <laughs> so I actually think me saying I didn't like it yeah. is kind of a compliment. Well, yeah. I mean, you, that's not the same as saying it's like a bad book. Right. You're saying like for it's, you, it didn't right. reach you. But I didn't like Eleanor and Park. And I yeah. think that's also, it shows you just how intense the domestic problems were in that book that it just made me uncomfortable yeah. and nervous and i didn't have a good time well let's focus so. on the parts of nick and nora that you did like okay so what i think what we both agreed on was the setting the one night setting mm-hmm. makes for a very like fast yeah. clipped pace which yeah. i think suits the story really yeah. well wouldn't yeah. you agree yeah I, and i think one night in bangkok makes a hard man humble <laughs> so i mean you you take that yeah Mix it with teenagers, sure. boom. Sure you do. Nick and Nora. Sure I like the end. I like the end of the book. Yeah. I liked... Uh, oh, I did too. I thought it ended I liked perfectly. Nick and Nora's future uh, being slightly vague, but also kind of concrete. Yeah. It was nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice that they didn't like... I thought it was a very yeah. realistic I liked, ending. I liked Nora is... more than Nick in this book. Not you. This isn't yeah. an attack on you. Okay. I understand. Relax. I understand. So... Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. I thought Nora... Yeah. Um... But also, but yes, everything, everything in with teenagers, like every little thing is like, what am I doing with my life? I'm like, I don't know. Go to bed. Yeah. It'll make sense in the morning. Um, but I, would, I yeah. think like, I think it is, it captures the time it was written right. in very well for one. Yes, that's but true. But I also think that like, you know, someone picking it up, like a teenager picking it up today, mm-hmm. I think that it's also aged very well. That's, that's true. You know true. what I mean? Yes. I think it just, I think it just, you know, it sets out to accomplish a specific thing, like be a certain mm-hmm. kind of story mm-hmm. to a certain like targeted demographic. And right. I think it just totally nails Did it. Did you read Gingerbread? No, I haven't. That that one's on a, a lot of lists as well. Yeah, I think I, Ro- no, it made Rolling well, Stone's top 40. It did. We have yes, that We have that in our collection. Yes, we have Nick and Nora's in our collection. 
Um, so all good. Quite a few of her books, yeah. Yeah. What What can I talk about that I've finished? Oh, I read Paper Girls, Volume 4 by Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, okay. Uh, good stuff. I tried to give you a copy, and you were like, no, I don't have time. I'm just not ready for it. Yeah, I've got yeah. other things. So I liked it. We've talked about this. It comes out so so long from the next volume. I spend the first issue of Paper Girls trying to remember what was happening, and Mm -hmm. then the next three enjoying the ride. Right. And so I'm going, it's going to happen again. Um, Yeah, and I I would really like uh, previously on Paper Girls. Yeah, that'd be nice. A recap. It's too much. Yeah, what doesn't work with that sporadic uh, release schedule is American Vampire by Scott Snyder. I really enjoy it, but it will be best to wait, I feel like at this point, for the series to be done because... I read the first like five or six volumes very back to back. And then I picked up this newest one. It's number eight, I think. And I was just like, yeah, where are we again? I had I had to wait until a character said like, it's the 60s, man. I'm like, oh, right. We're in the 60s now. Did they say man, Did they say man or daddy-o? Uh, it it might have been uh, Pretty Thing. Hmm. We're in the 60s, Pretty Thing. Pretty Thing. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I made that up. Nobody, I, yes. I don't think anybody talked like nobody that in the believes, 60s. Nobody believed uh, that was real. It was, it was cool, but I, yeah, I didn't enjoy it so much i read this darth vader comic uh Dar- it's star wars darth vader imperial machine Ooh, too many colons yeah well too many colons. Yeah. And, and you know what vader has to get them all checked Re- oh really yeah wow so it's it's not a fun trip to the doctor Mm-mm. to the doctor ball no you don't <laughs> <laughs> so uh so this this vader comic this is the first six issues of a new darth vader comic book series uh by a different author than the one who did that Vader series I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah, you love that. Yeah, that's that was uh, Karen Gillan. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Kieran. Soul. Someone's soul. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, I liked it. The first one had a lot more pathos to it. This one's a little bit more action-y. And this one takes place, like, immediately. As soon as Revenge of the Sith ends, this comic starts. Oh, okay. Like him on the operating table. Oh, wow. Uh, and he has to go... No. Vader has to go and make his new lightsaber his mm-hmm. red lightsaber mm-hmm. and to do so you just take a crystal and you have to like just imbue it with uh dark side mm-hmm. uh energy and everything so he just has to look super moody at it just like, well oh, it's it's actually it's awful. actually really depressing oh great uh you know how i find vader to be like an incredibly sad character i sure do um this one it doesn't have a, too much pathos with vader in here but there's a moment where the crystal shows him it's still not too late mm-hmm. he could still go back right and you kind of read the story and it, it shows him going to obi-wan and like you know putting putting his head down to be like executed and yeah. obi-wan forget about to forgive him and it ends with vader be like no and like turning it red and everything it's like Arg! wow yeah it's tough intense. yeah so intense uh I and am then way behind on graphic novels yeah i'm, I'm falling behind. the art in this one is pretty great this vader comic okay i don't know it's the con you can read that. mace windu Oh, yeah, I got to read the Mace Windu comic. Um, but I just finished The Wire season one. Oh. Started The Wire season two. You recently. don't have to pop up like that every time. Okay, you fine. Fine. Yeah. Okay. The Wire. The Wire. Yeah. I finished The Wire season one. Um, greatest television show ever made? As I, I'm maybe it becomes okay. that way. So uh, It's not your it's not your jam, this kind no, of show. No, police procedural? Yeah. No, it's not. But I'm watching. I watched the whole first season. Mm-hmm. It's just very... It's like a quieter show. It's not big and flashy um it's slightly realistic it's hard to describe until you like watch an episode to realize it's kind of like subdued in a lot of ways it's more patient it's not and it has i don't know it's telling one story over like 12 episodes okay. so yeah i i enjoyed it i guess 
<laughs> I liked it. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. That's I'm not right. like, woo, I want more Wire. All and right. yet I still finished the first season and am on the second. Any Wire fans out there, please uh, yeah. let us know yeah. what it is. A lot of what people so started magical. in the Wire. Uh, Idris Alba is in the Wire. Yeah. Um, a meme that I recognize is in the Wire. Uh, oh, um, um, like a GIF. Yeah, like okay. a GIF. It's pretty okay. cool. So, all right. And that then cool. I... Oh, I guess that was it. Sorry. Right. I'm still reading that Batman book in That's the Rise and Fall of Dinosaurs. Yeah, Night, Nightwalker. Night, Night Stalker. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Nightwalker. Batman's also a sad character. Is it character. Nightwalker? It's Nightwalker. Oh. He's Batman Nightwalker. Okay. He's not the Nightwalker. The gangs are the Nightwalkers. Okay. They walk at night. I believe you. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about uh, something else? Advanced notices? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about new records you just received. <gasps> yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I totally forgot. You sure did. Yeah, in our, in our first record roundup. So, is, oh, is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Ooh, record roundup. <laughs> so we actually... Yo, part... I can't do it. Wait, maybe I can. Yo, partner, welcome to record roundup. Pew, pew, pew. That was pretty good. Yeah. I like that high pitch. Thank you. We actually <laughs> went to a couple pew, pew, pew. of uh, record stores over the weekend to look Who's for... we? Because I'm... Wife, oh, okay. Wife, That's fine. And my son. He was asleep for a lot of it. But, sure. Yeah. Uh, we were looking for a Goo Goo Dolls album that's right. like specific just for like indie record stores. Right. Neither of the places. So we went to Record Archive in Rochester uh-huh. and Bitbop Records. And Goo Goo Dolls is considered to be an overrated band. Ooh. Just kidding. I yeah. like the Goo Goo Dolls. Making a lot of enemies. No, I was today. just I was just picking one. I was oh, just okay. picking one fight. All right. Uh, didn't find it. Were you looking for the new one? No, it's not. It's not boxes. It's it's just a specific like indie record store. Okay. Sort of thing. I right. should check Music Alley right Boom. here in Wellsville. What? Right here. See in if they got yeah. It. Maybe they have it. They might. Yeah. Uh, boy, I can't believe I got to do it. I, you know what? I got to go right now. All right. All right. Wait, no, say, can no, you just, yeah, what, sorry, what, what records do you want to add in this record roundup? Oh, well, I, I got three. So I got, uh, yeah, are you familiar with Chad and Jeremy? Uh, am I familiar Chad with Jeremy, Chad and Jeremy? British duo from the sixties, not Peter and Gordon. Oh, sure. I'm familiar with, uh, but Chad and Jeremy, they appeared on the Adam West Batman show a couple of times. I thought maybe as you would have remembered. No, as Chad and Jeremy. So I got an album called more of Chad and Jeremy. <laughs> I like their stuff. All right. Uh, Dave Clark five. I got a little Dave Clark five. They're one of those bands that like a sixties band that I, I went for a long time, like not being like, Oh, that's a Dave Clark five. Right. And then when I sit down and listen specifically to the Dave right. Clark five, I'm like, Oh, that song. Oh, that song. Uh-huh. Oh, that song. So that happened like, to me with CCR. I love all their songs. In oh, my yeah, teen well, years. Another, yeah, Somebody's like, Hey, I made uh, some CDs of like a greatest hits of CCR. And I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you sound like a weird teenager. If you're Shut up. <laughs> then, uh, then I got a little share. Yeah. Now who's Cher. the weirdo? I know. Teenager. No, you love share. I do love share. Yeah. 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 If you could turn I'm back time, you would still listen to Cher. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm more of a Sonny and Cher fan. But oh. I do like that. Yeah. I like that early Cher. And I got a, a pretty obscure one, actually, called yeah. Backstage, which is not on CD. Did she ever make a record called Cher and Cher Alike? Oh, uh, not. There's still time. There's still time. Okay. Maybe. So you believe in Maybe. life after not naming your record Cher and Cher Alike? <laughs> I do. Okay. So those are the latest. Those are the latest. Okay. So I'll, uh, I'll let you know yeah. if I like them or not. And he's I'll talking you know vinyl, though. Yeah. I am talking he's, vinyl. He didn't yeah. buy CDs. He didn't get on iTunes. He's not streaming these. No. So no. there you go. Nope. Yeah. But oh. I did learn today that all, like basically all of Chad and Jeremy's uh, back catalog is uh-huh. on Freegal. So you oh. can stream it or download three songs a week. Yeah. Yeah, Eric's not a fan of Freegal. He doesn't like free, no. I'm, I'm free music. Officially, but. I am a fan of Freegal. As an employee of the library, oh, I'm a fan of Freegal. Okay, so from nine to five, from nine to Monday yep. through Friday. <laughs> yep, I'm streaming nine later to on five. <laughs> anyway, that's it for the first record roundup. Record roundup. Right, now I want to talk about some advanced notices. Oh, so these are some records. <laughs> records, you fool! 
What are you these, talking about? <laughs> these are some books. Yay, books. That will be coming to a library near you, preferably the David A. Howe Library. Oh. Uh, and here they are. All right. So up first, uh-huh. uh, the aptly named First Love by Miss Beverly Lewis. So Beverly Lewis, perennial favorite. Perennial. Uh, we have, I believe this is one of her, yes, her, some of her Amish fiction. Yeah. So I'll give you a little bit of this title. This is coming to you in September. <laughs> in the summer of 1951. Uh, oh, it, that it was is, the best years of my life. It's the summer of 1951. Oh. And Maggie Ash is in need of some hope. Sweet spirited and uncommonly pretty, despite struggling with chronic illness, she's used to being treated kindly by the young men of her old order Amish church district. Mm-hmm. Yet Maggie wishes she were more like the courting age girls so she could live a normal, healthy life. Sure. So we'll see. I think somebody, I think there's somebody out there for her. That's my guess. For Maggie? For Maggie. Yeah, well, don't give her false hope. I won't. You don't know what her personality's yes. like. Okay. So this is... So you remember the film uh, American Assassin? Yeah. With Michael Keaton? Well, and, I didn't and see Dylan it. O'Brien. So like most I, of America, no, I don't no, remember it. <laughs> we read the book for Book Club. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're going back to the old characters. So these were written originally by Vince Flynn, who has since passed on. Oh, and is that true? It is true. Sorry, and Vince. Kyle Mills has taken over the series. This is actually written by... Kyle Mills, but the book cover says Vince Flynn, Red War, mm. a Mitch Rapp novel by mm-hmm. Kyle Mills. So the number one Times, number one New York Times bestselling series returns with Mitch Rapp racing to prevent Russia's gravely ill leader from starting a full-scale war with NATO. Yeah, you don't never, do that. You never get to hear about uh, Russia's leader lately, so it's nice to have a book where you're really going to yeah. focus on that. Yeah, I, I do prefer fantasy over sci-fi, <laughs> so... <laughs> and... New in hey, large print. That, yes, that was a joke, but officially I prefer sci-fi over fantasy. Okay. All right. So, yeah. We, yeah. We all know that. Okay. We all know that. You did? This is a co- right. Yes. This is a cozy mystery Ooh. from Carolyn Haynes. This is okay. book number 18 in her Sarah Booth Delaney series. The mm-hmm. next charming mystery from Carolyn Haynes featuring spunky Southern private investigator Sarah Booth Delaney. All right. Oh, this is going to Looking weird. at the cover, I thought this was a uh, Sookie Stackhouse. Yeah, it does. It has that vibe to it. Yeah. This is going to get weird, everyone, so buckle up. All right. Private detective Sarah Booth Delaney doesn't quite know what to expect when she's urgently called to a school board meeting for Sunflower County, Mississippi, but she certainly wasn't expecting this. Three Wiccan sisters are in the midst ah. of a showdown with the Board of Education. So charmed. They want to open a Wiccan school in Zinnia, Mississippi, and the mm-hmm. conservative town vows to do anything necessary to stop <laughs> them from opening their school. Yeah. Sarah Booth and her partner in the detective agency, Tinky Bellacase, uh-huh. are quickly enlisted to investigate the Wiccan sisters' real reasons for coming to town. Sarah Booth learns the sisters have rented a manor house and land from a reclusive local artist, Trevor Musgrove. But the case takes on a far more serious tone when Trevor Musgrove is found dead. And all evidence seems to point directly at the witch sisters. Nice. Yeah. You, are you Just do this? rebranding then. In for a penny, in for a pound it, with if this? You're, if you're a witch and you're opening up a Wiccan school and you know the town is conservative, don't just call it the Wiccan school for witchcraft. Did I ever say the title of the Kyle Mills one? No. Red? Red. Yes, you did. I did? Okay. Yeah. Just, just call it something else. Yeah. Just call it uh, the super kooky school for spooky... <laughs> So this, this is yeah. a Scooby-Doo, yeah. a Scooby-Doo television. <laughs> this one is called Charmed Bones, by the way. Charmed Ooh. Bones, book number. Well, 18. it's got three, uh, three spooky sisters, like Charmed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Coming back. Yeah. Was it was it Charmed that Wendy Corsi Staub wrote that book for? Oh. The one I sent to you. Oh. I sent it to you. The I. Well, yes, yes, it was charmed. Char- it was okay, charmed. charmed. And I said I like Milano cookies. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it was yeah, really funny. Did. It was a really funny private I conversation. Would've, I would've <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and yet I have no cookies. Yeah. That I really thought that that's. Yeah, what I thought I you were going to bring me some Milano cookies. But I don't know why this uh, Sarah Booth Delaney is bone themed, but it is. Them bones, buried bones, splintered bones. There's a dog on the cover. Crossed bones. Oh, it's about be. the dog. Hollowed bones, yeah. bones to pick, yeah. ham bones, wish bones, greedy bones. Jeez Louise. Bone appetite, uh-huh. bones of a feather. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. Bone fire of the vanities, uh-huh. smarty bones, uh-huh. shorty bones. Right. That's not a word. That's right. Not booty bones look out bones on the bayou uh-huh. bone to be wild i'll give you that one okay guru bones mm-hmm. jingle bones uh-huh. uh sorry my voice cracked rockabye <sighs> bones right bones and arrows Whew. midnight mystery Luck. midnight <laughs> mysteries sticks and bones hold on yeah charmed cool. bones uh-huh there we are charmed bones. charmed bones 500 books later Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. That's it for me. I want to know what's what's cracking on the New York yeah. Times bestseller list. The New York Times bestsellers list. Let me hear it. Um, all right. It actually, there are a few new books this week. Really? Yes. Uh, cool. Not the first book, which is When Life Gives You Lululemons. Lululemons. Emily Chartland plans a comeback from the suburbs, which we learned last week by having uh, my wife, Your wife on Kendra. the episode yep. that Lululemons is a fashion brand. Fashion brand. We kept making fun of the title like Lululemons, yeah. please. And everybody was like, those guys are so dumb. Yeah, we got called out. But yeah. it turns out it was just Eric who was dumb. Yeah, I, I sent you the hate mail specifically. Um, so yeah, you get to see it next. Okay. All right, next up, your friend, our friend, no, I'm just kidding. He's nobody's friend. Brad Thor, oh. Spymaster. Not a fan of Brad Thor. No, if you're, if you're a uh, self-published author, don't let Brad Thor know. He will Don't take you him. to school. Don't tell him. Yeah. You're best not telling him. Yeah. But what would, what would we know? Because this yeah. is his 18th book in the yeah. Scott Havarth series. Yeah. Havarth you. Yeah. Havarth thee. Pretty good. Help me. No, you're right. Spymaster oh by Brad Thor. Great title. Uh, all right. So we are on to a new book now. So number seven um, is... So this is strange to me. This is um, Naomi Novak. It's Spinning Silver. And this is a sequel to... Uh, ho, 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 I should have remembered. Look, this is a sequel. Um, Miriam goes to collect debt over her father and winds up on a dangerous quest. Help me out here. What was the first book? The first book in what? Uh, the By Naomi Novak. I don't we, remember. We have it un- uprooted. Uprooted. Uprooted, right. Okay. Uprooted won the Nebula. Uh, it's a young adult fantasy book. It won the I'm Nebula sorry, Prize. I'm not remembering this at all. Oh, boy. Um... I'll look it up. Keep okay. Going. Anyways, it's just weird to me that it's on the adult hardcover fiction and oh, not I the see. young adult section. This is a sequel? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's strange. Yeah. Yes, it, it definitely looks like a teen book. Anyways, it, it is a young adult book. It's going to okay. end up in the young adult book, but here it is at number eight, new this week, Naomi Novak. I still haven't read Uprooted because I'm still very far behind in reading the... Uh, Won the Nebula in 2015. There we go. A couple years back. Yeah. So I'm still reading through the Nebula Awards. Anyway... That's it. Okay. She she had to go live with a wizard, I think, okay. at one point. People loved it. It's pretty good. Look, I'm going to move on because apparently uh, I should. So I the next just, one I'm is sorry, The Summer I Wives. I genuinely don't remember this in Next any up, way. The Summer Wives. Uh, in 1950s, a high society schoolgirl falls for the son of a lighthouse keeper and years later tries to help him undo wrongful imprisonment from Atlantis. This, <gasps> this is the is description. Aquaman? Yeah, this is Aquaman. No, wow. this is uh, Beatrice Williams. Uh, this has nothing to do with Aquaman as far as I know. So, do you think a summer wife is like a summer cabin? Yeah, maybe. Like, you only visit it during the warm seasons, yeah, and you probably. have to go to, like, Montana? Yeah. Yeah. And then you go back to your winter wife in winter Florida. Wife. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
uh, I that's one way to keep a marriage alive. So casual about polygamy over there. Me? Yeah. Me? You just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I was just wondering. Oh, okay. I wanted to know. Well, knowledge is power worth seeking. Yeah, yeah that's right. true. The next book is The Perfect Couple by Ellen Hildebrand. Mm-hmm. A body is found in the Nantucket Harbor hours before a picture perfect wedding. Mm-hmm. We assume. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. No, you should. If it had happened, the wedding would. What if everything about the wedding was falling apart mm-hmm. and now the couple is like breathing a sigh of relief because this body happened and like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. That wedding would have been absolutely atrocious. Yeah. It would have just fallen apart. I hear you. Yeah. So the perfect couple, uh-huh. we're told. Yeah. Next up, Emily Giffen. All we ever wanted. All we ever wanted. Are you you read this yet? No, I haven't read A it. A scandal sends members of two Nashville families into chaos. Okay. So... I invent a country. No, I invent a country. <laughs> perfect couple. Thank you. No, that's that's all we ever no, wanted. I'm saying oh, they those sound two. Like the they sound couple. like the. All right. Next up is Stephen King, The Outsider, which is a novel. Yes. It makes sure you know on the cover that it's a novel. Yeah. You know what? I what? almost mentioned this in advance notices, but I couldn't find any information on okay. it. Okay. They're releasing a special 20th anniversary version of Bag of Bones. Which I love Bag of Bones. Uh-huh. But I was trying to figure out like what makes it a special anniversary edition. And uh-huh. it seems like nothing. Nothing. Shoot. So I don't know. I couldn't find it. Like the cover's the same. Mm. So I guess we'll see. We sure will. Yeah. But not now because we're on to uh, Clock Dance by Ann Tyler. Hmm. Ann Tyler, tell me who she is. Yes, Ann Tyler. Well, just to, I mean, she's a very popular author. We've done okay. a couple of her books uh, for book club. We did uh, The Beginner's Goodbye really early on. Mm-hmm. And then we did Patchwork Planet. Oh, yes, there we go, Patrick Planet. Okay, and Tyler, Clock Dance, a widow into, no, a window. Yeah. A window into Willa Drake's life over 50 years and how she adjusts to some of life's surprises. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I could not read that sentence for the life of me. My brain was doing a real clock dance. Well, I I wish I could tell you more about this, but Uh I can tell you that I have it in a box from Barnes & Noble at my house because it is their... uh, Book club pick. Oh, so the first one they you. did was um, the feminist the feminist uh-huh. persuasion. Yeah, is that what it's called by mm-hmm. Meg Wolitzer, and then the second one, Clock Dance by Ann Tyler. So I've got it. Mm-hmm. I just have a stack of other things I got to burn through yeah. first. Do you so think it's coming up Clock Dance is anything like the Bat Dance by Prince? Yeah, probably. It's just yeah. probably a lot of like tick tick. People tick, dancing like clocks. Yeah, they're dancing like dressed clocks. as clocks. Yeah, you got like a second yeah. hand going around. Yeah. Do you think like there are kids in the background dressed as pocket watches because they're so small? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Do you, did you want to do any kind of version of a clock dance? A clock dance? Do you have anything? I think it would be like a really trippy version, probably with Madonna, mm-hmm. and she's doing a take on Rock Around the Clock. Okay. But it's extremely sexual. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I guess that's uh, hung up, but that's about a phone. But she says tick, tick, tick hmm. on the clock, yeah. right? Oh, no. She goes ring, ring, ring on the telephone. Well, Listen, I don't know if I'm talking about Madonna or Lady Gaga anymore. I'm not sure what you are either. So, but anyways, the next... Uh, hey, have you heard the song Havana? I don't think where so. Where they're like, Havana, ooh, na, na. Doesn't sound... All right. Anyway, it's not Lady Gaga, okay. but it should be. Oh. Danielle Steele, The Good Fight, is yeah. at number two. Yeah, man. Boy, I'll tell you what. Go ahead. We had our kickoff. Tell me. We had our cook- kickoff of the book sale this past weekend. And the book sale will Daniel continue Steele? for the next couple of weeks, everyone. Uh-huh. Uh, and... Yes, Danielle Steele. Multiple. I worked a three-hour shift, Uh and in that time, there was at least three people who came up with a stack of Danielle Steele books. Right. Yeah, you got to get it. Well, you can. Danielle Steele, the good fight. Meredith McKenzie embraces and excuses the values of her family of lawyers during the tumultuous 1960s. So there you go. Did you say tumultuous? Do you mean tumultuous? Tumultuous. You know what I meant. Everybody does. Okay. 
I don't have to tell you which one of those I meant. Okay. Because you know. You're right. Listen, number one is no surprise to anybody except for maybe Danielle Steele. But even she had to see the writing on the wall with Bill Clinton and James Patterson's really? The President is Missing. Wow. Still at number one. How many weeks? Uh, it has been number one for six weeks. That's... Yeah. That's a pretty good stretch. Yeah. Do you think when it's down at number two, we can say the vice president is missing? Maybe. Yeah. It goes through all the yeah. cabinet. The secretary of labor is missing. <laughs> Great. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we have a secretary of labor. Really? No, we probably do. Okay. Uh, dropping they... flies is hard to keep track of. Uh, are you ready? Oh, for what? Well... Oh, we're not talking about the president missing anymore? Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Did you read I it? Mean, no, I haven't read it. Okay. Well, six it's weeks, hard. everybody I mean, has. I it up and it just seems so dumb. You know, it just seems... Well, I mean, it's so Bill dumb, Clinton and James Patterson. But I don't so. know. I mean, I don't mean to like disparage yeah. it because obviously it's having an impact and people are reading. And as we always say, yeah. we want people to we read. We do want people to read. So, you know, if this we is We do have to book, say that a lot great. when it comes back to James Patterson. Well, Whenever I mean, it's James Patterson, we have to be like, well, I'm listen, glad you're reading. I guess I feel yeah. like that I can, I can make fun of James Patterson because oh, I like James Patterson right. a little, you know, like mm-hmm. I like the Alex Cross and... I don't think I'll read the next NYPD Red, but I've kind of liked those. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just one of those things where you have to, you know, you are picking up like a, a, a fluffy beach kind of You don't of know, reading, man. Maybe you know? the president missing is very political. It's possible. Maybe it's the most... It's possible. Has the most depth. I recognize that I will have to read it. Yeah. And ever since you told me that Dennis Quaid reads the audiobook, yeah. now I just have to wait for the audiobook. President but Jonathan Duncan takes on days. adversaries at home and abroad, yep. but he'd rather just deal with abroad. That's because <laughs> of the Bill, Bill Clinton. Clinton and, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, sorry. That was good. I'm glad. I it's guess obvious, it's, I it guess it's nice that Bill Clinton is now writing. Yeah. So now we can go back to making Bill Clinton jokes. Yeah. Because they were easy jokes. True. So. Absolutely true. Yeah. All right. Next. One of these days. Oh, next. Well, we got to. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, we had, we had a little bit of a earlier. I don't know if you and I were on the same page about Nicodora's Infinite Playlist. And right. I feel like maybe we need an impartial third, you know, just to kind of an weigh impartial in. third. Just kind of weigh in. We need a tiebreaker. Right. You know, because you have your feelings. I have my feelings. Yeah. Can, who, who do you think we should call? Uh, Nick? No. Nora. I don't think so. The Infinite Playlist is a, uh, it's abstract, a, it's a concept, concept, an abstract concept. So we can't concept. call that. Yeah, I think so. All right. What if, uh, do you want to just. Call Rachel Cohen. Just give Rachel Cohen a call. All right. Uh, let me get on the phone. Uh, boop, 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 okay. boop, boop, boop. Right now we're doing our summer reading program. And the theme is uh, is based around music. And so we're using Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist as our uh, young adult for adult book club. Great. So this Thank is you. Yeah. This is where we get adults because uh, we know they're out there reading young adult books. So we get them to come <laughs> in and talk about young adult books and uh, not keep it a secret. So... Uh, we're looking forward to the, our book club discussion about that, but we thought we could ask you a few questions and uh, bring it up during the book club as well. Sure. Okay. So um, I just have a, a couple of questions, about five questions, so it shouldn't take too long. Um, the first question I have for you is, um, how, do you go, how did you go about writing uh, teen characters for teens? Because I always find that teens can uh, pick up on phoniness a mile away. And it seems very daunting to be writing for them about them. I think every writer has what comes naturally to them well. It's probably 
put that grammatically incorrect. Uh-huh. But um, I, I often liken it to like when you're when you first start writing, it's like a pendulum swinging back and forth, and eventually it finds its center. Um, and and writing for teens for me was sort of the same. I tried a lot of different things until um, it, I, I had written a few adult novels and that never sold. And and several people who read them commented that when the characters were teenagers, the writing seemed to be so much better. Okay. And, um, and a lot of people said, not a lot of people, but several people said, commented, you know, when you, when you write those sections, you seem to get stuck there. Maybe you should stay there. Okay. Um, so I tried it, and lo and behold, that was, you know, kind of where the pendulum swung for me. Right. It was like that was the right fit. Okay. Uh, and you, and you, enjoyed, uh, you enjoyed doing that then? I really do. It's super fun, and um, you know, I think any many Hawaii writers will tell you the best part about writing those books is it's not even the part of the writing; it's that the audience is so great. Uh, teenagers are such great readers, and they're so passionate in their convictions, whether they're telling you how much they love your book or how much they hate your book. Right. It's completely um, open, sincere, honest, passionate, and um, undiluted, and that's a really, really wonderful thing that we. Uh, adult readers lose in a, to a certain extent. Right, sure. Um, so was writing uh, the setting um, during one whole night uh, challenging, or was that freeing to just have it within less than 24 hours, really? It was great because it put a natural close to the book. Like, we always knew that it was a book of just about one night. Right. So um, it wasn't something like a project that could go on into infinite. And it, it could, we couldn't just keep going. Right. You know, we both knew that that night was going to end, and it was just a case of, you know, whose chapter that would end on and where that would be. Okay. Did you always know uh, whose chapter it was going to end on? Yeah, I mean, we alternate chapters. We kind of figured this out along the way. We sort of gotten, we started sort of started doing it on the lark without any really plan or mission, and it turned out that 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 is exactly the best way that we work together. Right. Um, and and that's that we have a basic premise and we alternate chapters. And in almost all of our books, except for one, um, he's taken the male point of view and I've taken the female point of view. So if he starts the book, I finish the book. Right. So in the case of Nick and Nora, and this was just the first one we did, and right. so, and, and again, we didn't have any plan, but it, 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 we were lucky that, you know, we knew that basic setup, and we also knew that it had to, the night had to end. So, um, but we we tend to, as then and still now, we don't really discuss the books that much while we're writing them. We just sort of uh, play with it and see where it goes. And he sends me a chapter, and I just pick up where he let, leaves off. Um, and vice versa. So as writers, we ourselves never know where it's going to go. Right. The only thing I will say as a plan is that when we were writing Nick and Nora, when it was getting close to the end of the night, and I had a very clear mind, clear and clear in my mind where I wanted it to end. Right. The only thing I said to David is that, you know, do whatever you want with your chapter. Just please don't take them back to New Jersey. Okay. Keep them in the city. Don't put them out anywhere else. Right. <laughs> that was the only thing I said. Okay. Uh, I mean, I had the question, you kind of answered it, but um, what, what was it like co-writing? Um, you know, what, what, do you, uh, what do you guys bring to each other's work that maybe surprises you or helps you um, with that whole experience? Because a lot of people do co-write with each other, and I, I always find that fascinating. Yeah, every, everyone's process is different. Ours, we just had a whole lot of fun with it, and we couldn't have known this when we got into it, but, you know, our writing style is just, it, it clicks very well. The chemistry is very good, 
And um, the one thing I've learned about our collaboration um, and why it, it works for us at least is that um, in any collaboration, to me, the key is not just chemistry, but also trust. Um, and we, re we very much trust each other with right. where we're going to go, especially because we send that chapter off and we don't know where the other person's going to take it. Okay. And, you know, to the extent that we kind of load each of our ch own chapters with little subtle cues, like where we want it to go. Right. Like, you know, I, I'm literally pitching this ball to you. Okay. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I always throw him several ones and he never takes the ones okay. that I threw him. Um, he'll take some obscure sentence, you know, that I didn't even realize I'd written right. and, and run with that and vice versa very often. So it, it creates a lot of the, the fun playfulness of it, mm -hmm. but also there has to be this trust that when somebody goes off in the direction that you did not set them up for, right. it, you did not anticipate that that's okay. You okay. know, um, they're shared characters and, um, you, we both have to have the trust that where you go with it, is, it works for me. And except for very few rare occasions that were just little blips, we, we tend to be on the same page with it all. And luckily, the one thing that is nice with our own chemistry is that our voices sound enough alike that when we're, when we're writing the shared characters as opposed to the ones who have the point of view, um, it sounds the same. Right. Okay. It, it meshes well. It, it sort of sounds like that game kids play where you say one word and the next person has to say the second word and in the end you make a story together. So Yeah, that's very it's that's very it's a good analogy. That's very true to what it is. Okay. Um, it's ridiculously fun. I mean, that's the difference right. between uh, writing a collaboration, especially with him, versus mm -hmm. writing my own books, is that when I go to write, write my own books, I always think, like, this is work. Okay, um, sure. Writing with him is just yeah. pure pleasure. Yeah. It doesn't really, it doesn't it's, feel like it's It's twice as much all. book. Yeah, exactly. And you're, only half, and you're only responsible for half a book. Right. So it's even better. It's not yep. that intimidating thing before you're like, oh, my God, I have to write a whole book. It's like, no, we have to write a few chapters. Okay. It doesn't feel nearly as, as daunting. Right. Um, so I'm not sure how you want to answer this, but how much of your own teen, teen years are in this book? Not, not a lot. I mean, I often say that some of the characters that I write are projections of who I wished I'd been. Okay. I was pretty introverted and shy and didn't really get out a lot. Right. But I did go to, I started, I went to college in New York City when I was 17 years old. Okay. And um, the, Nora's Night, I, I never had one exactly like that, mm -hmm. but I certainly had my share of, of all-nighters uh, wandering around uh, Manhattan and going to hear music and hanging right. out with friends and... Um, just, you know, letting the night happen rather than having a plan for it. Sure. Okay. Um, I guess then my last question is, um, I, I find books to be the trickiest medium to include music in them because mm -hmm. it, you're leaving the responsibility up to the reader to then go out yeah. and find that music. So uh, what, what was that challenge for you? Uh, what was that like? How did you uh, go about it? Uh, I guess both of you, you and David, uh, how you guys decide to include music in your book. Well, we have a rule, um, and that is that when we went through the editing of this particular book um, and deleted some musical reference and, and, and kept others, right. um, and the one rule was that, that whatever the reference was either had to be, it had to st stand the test of time, whether because it was so good mm -hmm. or so bad, Okay. either one, but nothing kind of in the middle. And then I did give Nora the conceit of having a father who was a record producer. Right, So sure. that gave her... Um, the the the, uh, the ability to have I think more uh, obscure 
knowledge than maybe other uh, similar teens might have had. Right. She, the idea being that she would have been exposed to so much growing up. Sure. Okay. Uh, well, that's that's all the questions I have. I uh, thank you so much for uh, doing this interview for us. I think oh, our my pleasure. I think our book club and our uh, podcast listeners really appreciate it. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. I hope you all enjoyed it. Thanks for choosing Nick and Nora. That was great. It was. <laughs> uh, well done. Thank you. Thank you to our guest Rachel Cohn. Mm. Uh, this is the first time I didn't get to talk to the author. That's true. It's so the first you, you gave I me a little shout out though. So I appreciate yeah. it. And yeah. actually, we we did a lot of email. You were in the room. I was. I was yeah. in the room when it happened. <laughs> uh, so fans of Rachel Cohn and David Levithan, of course, they have uh, a couple other collaborations that they have together, which mm-hmm. we have most of the older ones here. The most recent one, Sam and Ilsa's Last Hurrah, right. just came out this year, mm-hmm. April of 2018. Uh, so I encourage you to check that out if you're a fan. And of course, Gingerbread, uh, probably her well-known or most well-known solo. Yeah, like I said, it was ever. on uh, Rolling Stone's Top yeah. YA yeah. 40. So we have quite a few quite a few of Rachel Cohn's book here. We can get any and all for you from the STLS system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's roll into library news. All right. How does that sound to you? Okay. You like that? Yeah. All right. I love it. Our yoga classes continue. Uh, you can check out the Facebook post about the one that just happened on the lawn. It looks great. It right. looks like a staged like clip art photo. It, it looks, sure. It's really cool to see that all happening out on the front lawn. Right. Uh, the movies are continuing. We got our kids movie every Wednesday. Right. Uh, we've got our concert series, Music on the Lawn, every Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have our Tuesdays on the Terrace, where we have a different uh, lunch option every Tuesday. Yeah. The 24th, we have Three Bums out of Angelica. And the 31st, we have the Wellsville Country Club. And our big event, our closing event of the summer reading program is going to be a visit from uh, Wendy Corsi-Stav herself. She's going to be here Wendy. at 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. 6 o'clock on Thursday, August 2nd. She'll be signing uh, new copies of her book, uh, little girl lost. We'll have right. the bookworm out of East Aurora here to mm-hmm. sell books, so you can bring your own or you can purchase things here. We'll have right. a variety of options for you, and uh, we'll ask her some questions for the podcast. So if you're not able to make it, you'll still be able to hear a little bit of sure. that. Uh, we have the Bubble Man rescheduled for Thursday, August 9th. I am so the Bubble you, Man. You come back for that. Uh, what's new in the teen children's world? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, like what's new pussycat what's new pussycat yeah i was jones. going for a thing like that tom jones what's new pussycat all right what's going on what's new uh arcade tuesdays where we have a giant arcade upstairs in the teen loft is every tuesday at 1 p.m until 3 p.m uh we did tours of the library and oh the that's teen right loft was a very yes. everybody was excited about yes. that uh teen loft i guess you could say is my holland's opus yes Yes. My Mr. Holland's Your Opus. Mr. Holland's Opus. Uh, Wednesdays. Which we showed at 2 o'clock on yeah. July 24th. <laughs> Wednesdays, we have our Teen Anime Club at 5.30. Uh, Thursday, we got our craft. This week's craft, tie-dye shirts. It's exciting. I've never... I've tie-dyed a shirt, but I've never been the one facilitating tie-dyeing a okay. shirt. So I'm not even sure I have tie-dyed a shirt now that I've said it out loud. Hmm. Uh, I have. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So Nick will be running that program. Hey. Um, and then... Friday, our movie is Rampage, starring The Rock. Ah. Well, you know, Dwayne Johnson, yeah, as he Dwayne wants to be called. Yeah, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's what's going on right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, Good next stuff. week, we have another special guest. That's um, right. I sat down and interviewed Tess Gerritsen, author of the Rizzoli and Isle series, and uh, Playing With Fire, which is our... It's a Page Turner book club pick. And a Rolling Stone song. And, is it? Oh, Playing With Fire? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the book club for that is going to be 3.30 on August 1st. So you can come and talk about the book. It's a quick read. I read it in one setting, as, as you'll hear us discuss next week. Uh, so grab a copy of that. Come join us at 3.30 right. on August 1st. And next week in episode 154, we're going to interview Ms. Tess Gerritsen. The 
tune in. We'll see you then. Okay. Oh, was that it? Are you yeah. ending in here? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I do. I always do this. Go you ahead. Have, you have another thing to say? No, I oh, yeah. go ahead and end it for real now. Sorry, okay. everybody. Nick's right. really ending it. I, this is this is going to be this it. This is it. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Our special guest, uh, our thanks to Rachel Cohn. And next week, we'll be talking to Tess Gerritsen. Was that it? Goodbye. Okay. Okay.